Amen. Uh, I'm getting the word comfort very strong this morning and the idea that you may feel that you are alone against the world, uh, that you're alone against a situation or you're just feeling alone. Um, I felt it during the worship and, and here, and God's really comforting us, isn't he? Uh, he's really telling us not to worry. Uh, he's saying, you know, the work is done. And, and by that, it means that the circumstances that come against us in life that make us feel that we're not going to get to where we think we should be, God is going to give you the strength to get where it is that you need to be. That is going to happen. Uh, that wonderful scripture, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ, which means nothing is going to stop the plan that God has for your life. He's just reassuring that today. He said it through a couple of people. Uh, just don't worry. It may look like there's insurmountable situations, but the Lord has taken care of those, and he's going to work through those. We're still going to probably have some anxiety. We're still probably going to have some fear. We're still going to probably have some doubt in all of that. That's okay. God knows we're human. He knows. It's just that we don't allow those to be the governor of our life. What God is saying this morning needs to be the governor of our life. Um, so, Father, we thank you that you are here this morning by your Holy Spirit. You have spoken through song. You have spoken through words. You have spoken to our hearts. That, Father, you are a comforting God. That you are with us through our situations and our uh, challenges. And sometimes the future can seem very scary, Father. Sometimes our mistakes that we've made can haunt us and there's consequences and we can wonder how we're ever going to get through it. But you are saying this morning that I will be with you in the valley. I will be with you at the mountaintop. I will be with you in the river. I will be with you in the fire. I will be with you in the depths, in the dark, in the light, in the hard, in the difficult, in the challenging. I will be with you until the end of the age. Father, we thank you for that today. We thank you, Lord. You are my beloved children in whom I am well pleased. Father, thank you for your affirmation this morning. That, Father, we are your children and you are our dad. And you love us and you care for us. So, Father, we just received that this morning. We thank you in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Just sense a ministering spirit here. So, does anybody here feel that? Like what Willie's saying, that, there, that the abundance that God has died to give us, that is first and foremost an abundance of hope, an abundance of the ability to believe good instead of evil about ourselves and about life, the ability to expect God to work for us and not against us. Uh, if anybody has that this morning, I just want you to stand. Um, it's something that we all go through at times, and just ask that you stand now. We're going to pray. Father, for those that you are speaking to this morning, Father God, for those that have that sense that you are not with them, that, Father God, you are not going to give them the abundance of life 
that they are hungering for in their depth. Father, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you touch them, that you speak to them in words that man has no business saying, and that, Father, you just show them, give them that confirmation in their spirit that they too are part of the family of God, that they are not in some chair in another room, but they are sitting at the banqueting table of the promises of God, and that, Father, you are as interested in them as you are anybody. Father, we just receive that today. No matter how the world tries to steal it from us, we receive that sonship and daughtership this morning and all the inheritance that goes with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Worked out really well. Tony, come on up. Tony's going to speak, and Tony always blesses us. We're just going to pray. Father, I thank you for Tony. We believe that your hand is upon this man. I believe in this man's maturity and his experience and his perceptions. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you continue to uh, speak through him today and guide us and uh, encourage us and correct us and in whatever way you want to speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. The Lord is here. This morning, I want to talk about temperature rising. We hear a lot about climate change. And we're experiencing some of that. More severe storms, hotter days. And as we look around the world, things are changing. And not for the better, but the spiritual temperature is what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about, in particular, Mosaic. But the church universal, it's happening. I want to talk about the spiritual temperature, both as as individuals and as a mosaic. We read in Revelation chapter 3, I know your deeds, that you are neither hot nor cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. So the question this morning is, number one, where are we as individuals? But the question I want to ask you is where you think Mosaic is. How many believe we're cold spiritually? Good. How many believe we're lukewarm spiritually? How many believe we're hot? Well, I hate to tell you, you're wrong. We're not hot yet. We're getting there, sister. You're right. No, we're not hot yet, but we're going to be hot. And what do I mean by hot? We're experiencing bubbling here this morning. The Holy Spirit was bubbling. If you think about a kettle and you're going to boil some water, you start out, I usually start out cold, and as you add heat to it, then it begins to bubble. 
and then eventually it's steaming. I think we want mosaic steaming. I think that's what God has for us, is to be steaming. And how will I know when that happens? I'll know because when you come through that back door, you're going to sense the power and the presence of the Lord God Almighty. When you come into this sanctuary, it's going to be different. There is going to be a very strong presence of the Lord, and what you saw this morning is going to be greatly increased and more powerful. And when we speak the name of Jesus, as we sang about, it's going to change lives. Until we reach that point, we are not boiling. But we will, if we so choose. It is up to you and I as individuals, as part of a body of believers, whether or not we ever reach the boiling point and the steam starts to rise. This all started a few years back, really, and I not, my memory is not very good. But I think you remember when we were talking about when Paul Borden was here and uh, then uh, Kevin Johnson came and the prayer of confession was made. That was step one to boiling. And then November came of 2018. And if you have a good memory, you know from November until now, church has changed. Things have changed for the better. No longer is this place a place of where you can come in and just be comfortable. Mediocrity is not the word we want or do we want to go back to. As of November, when all of this began to happen, the temperature just started, the heat was started. And out of all of that, then came the Holy Spirit more and more. You and I today have a choice to make as individuals. That's what the point of what I'm saying is, is that you and I as individuals have a decision to make and as a body of believers we have a decision to make. Do we want to boil or do we just want to sizzle along? And so to, there are three things that I believe that we've been doing that must continue if we're going to boil. One is persist, uh, confession and repentance. And we've heard our pastor speak about that time and time again. And... The other one is persistence in intercessory prayer. And the third one is full and free flow of the Holy Spirit with full operation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. When all of that is happening, the Spirit is here in mighty power. You know, the name of Jesus we sung about is all-powerful. And when we speak that name, things should happen. 
And so that's where we're headed. We want, when we speak, it happens because of the power and the might of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, first of all, there is repentance. And repentance is really that most of us have experienced where we confessed our sin, the Lord came into our heart, and in Christian circles, they call it born again. We're a new creation in Christ. And then there's that... uh, Continuing on, we agree with God that we have sinned, and that can be daily. There is a need in our lives as Christians. It's not a one-time thing. It's not the day of salvation. It's the daily walk that you and I take that requires uh, repentance and confession, Sometimes that's to God. Sometimes that's to a brother or a sister. But it is important that that part of the spiritual spout flow is repentance and confession. Without it, we become blocked. God can't move. And we have had bouts of periods of time here within this church, whether you were here or not, when we've repented corporately and individually. (coughs) Excuse me. It will, must continue. 1 John 1 and 9 says, but if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. He will keep his promise and do what is right. He will forgive us our sins and purify us from all wrongdoing. There is the cleaning of the bride of Christ. There is when a presence when it is cleaned, that he and pure, that God the Holy and the Holy Spirit can do his work that he wants to do in our presence. Proverbs says that you will never succeed in your life if you try to hide your sins. We can try to cover them up, but God is all seeing and God is all knowing. Confess them and give them up, then God will show mercy to you. He will show mercy to us as individuals, and he's going to show mercy to us as a congregation. He will fulfill the promise he gave us about four years ago. It is on its way. It's three quarters here. We're at the crest, and the Holy Spirit is going to come over the top, and you are not going to recognize this place when God is fully in this place. You know, there's been a lot, of, a lot of things happening in Mosaic. Whether you've participated or not, if not, it's your loss. We have been going through the process of repentance, confession. It will continue, and it must continue. And you and I decide how or if it will. That can be a barrier for you as an individual, and for me or for us as a congregation. Then there is persistent intercessory prayer. You know, there was, I remember when I first became a Christian, and that wasn't yesterday, that they told me, 
you prayed once and that was it. So if you didn't get it, first prayer, you didn't go back asking. That wasn't the way it was. One-time prayer. What was wrong with your faith? There must be sin in your life, whatever. That's not what the Word of God says. The Word of God, so just so we're on the same page, persistence is coming continually. Uh, can we have the next slide for a minute? Persistent prayer is a demonstration of true faith. When we lay hold of God and refuse to go until we see the results of our toil, we are expressing and exercising faith. We keep pressing in. Regardless of circumstances, we claim the word of God, the promise of God, and we go back and we go back. God will either tell us yes, no, or wait. And until he tells us or provides the answer, then we persist. An intercessory really is that consistent. Intercessory prayer pleads with God. It's a spiritual battle, taking authority over things. And so not only is just the regular prayer, there's intercessory prayer. And you know what? That happens on Sunday nights here in the Mosaic, and at other times it happens in this church, and it must continue. If we're going to see breakthrough, if we're going to see boiling, then persistent intercessory prayer must happen. We don't have an option. We see many instances in the Bible of different persistent prayers. We think about Elisha and the Shunammite's son, which we've talked about. We think about Elijah. He prayed seven times for rain. God told him it was going to be rain. He goes and prays the first time, and there is no rain. He goes back six more times before there's a, a cloud the size of a man's hand. Persistent, even though God had already promised he had a job to fulfill and he had to be obedient. Seven times, then the cloud the size of a man's hand. And on that, he said, it's going to rain. And it rained. God was faithful. What about Jesus in Gethsemane? Put that picture in your mind. Three times he prayed not my, that the cup would be removed from him while his disciples slept. Three times and God said, no. You will be the sacrifice for the sins of the world. Paul Three times he prayed for the thorn in his flesh. We have no idea what that is. And when you research it, they have all kinds of ideas of what a thorn in the flesh is. It doesn't matter. The point is, God answered on the third prayer and said, No, Paul, it will be with you till you die. 
And what about the early Christian church? We see them in Acts. Mighty, mighty force. And what was one of the ingredients that kept them moving forward around the world? Steadfast prayer. There's no movement forward without it. You, I've heard it said you only go forward on your knees. Any of the great things God has done has only been because people were praying. And sometimes it wasn't very many people. It was one or two or three or one. And then God suddenly answers the prayer in mercy. And uh, it happens. If God says, I'm sending it, we praise him. If he says, no, it's not, we praise him. If he says, wait, we say, thank you, Lord, and we wait. And that's the worst one. We all want a yes or a no, and usually we want yes. But sometimes God says, wait. You know, we can get very uh, in a rush, and we mustn't get in a rush in our timetable. God has no timetable. There is no time with God. A day is a thousand years. A thousand years is a day. And so we don't know what his clock looks like. We don't know how he calculates time. And so our time and his time doesn't match. But what we do know is that he shows up exactly on time. Regardless of the day or the hour, he knows just where it needs to happen. The third thing, which is really where I want to just spend a moment, is the free flow of the Holy Spirit and giftings. The Holy Spirit was here this morning. The Holy Spirit went within our, became part of us when we were saved. But there is power and might in the Holy Spirit. And you know, without it, we're powerless. We need the Holy Spirit in us, flowing through us and out of us, if men and women's lives are going to be changed. God's not here to give you and I a party. He's here to make us men and women who are a power force for God. He's only interested in kingdom building, not partying. He wants the kingdom to be advanced. And the kingdom's only going to advance by the might and the power of the Holy Spirit as we allow him to flow. And if we don't, we won't see anything happen. You know, we've heard all kinds of things about the Holy Spirit. Some are good and some are bad. Because when flesh gets in the way, it's bad. When God is in control and leading and we surrender to him, then it's good. God is almighty, all-powerful, and he will fulfill his word. You and I who've been waiting since 2017, when God, or even before that, when God said he's going to do a new thing, 
We're still waiting, brothers and sisters, but it's happening. It's happening. The kettle is starting to bubble. It's soon going to boil if we do our part. You know, when you walk into this place, you should not go out the same. When you walk through those doors, you should sense the very powerful presence of the Holy Spirit. The people walking by this building should be drawn here because of the presence of the Holy, excuse me, the Holy Spirit. You know, and then as you come into this sanctuary, there should be a sweet aroma of the presence of the Holy Spirit. I remember when I went to Southland to the uh, retreat, the thing that has stuck with me was I was not very comfortable going to what I was going because it was not me. And it was nothing I wanted to participate in, which I found out two days before. But anyway, I dragged along. But you know what? I opened the doors of this huge complex and immediately felt I was in the presence of God. It was an overwhelming presence of the Holy Spirit that I felt safe and comfortable in and hated to leave. I pray we'll see that here. And there's no reason why we can't. It's up to us as individuals whether that happens or not. Spiritual gifts need to be flowing, more so than what we heard this morning. So we have the nine gifts that everybody knows about, and you can't see that very well. And I don't know if I can see my listing very well either. But we all know the nine. The word of knowledge, uh, prophecy, and people want to be prophets, and they want to be this, and they want to be that. Well, there are a lot of other giftings that makes this church and the world and the kingdom built. Hospitality is one. Uh, I can't see it. Uh, maybe. Is it easier here? Depends on your eyes. <laughs> but hospitality, willingness to do. Leadership, encouragement. Who doesn't need encouragement from now, now and then? It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, people will say, well, I don't have any giftings. Yes, you do. God gave you a gifting when you, the plan was made for your life. And whether you found it or not, it's there. God wants you to cultivate that soil and get that gift moving. All of us can be encouragers. There are some better at it than others. And you know, I'll give you an example. Encouragement can sometimes just be a touch. Because there are no words to say. The most powerful, and you've heard me say this before, was a man who I... Had, seen as my second father, 
who in my deepest pit of depression, he was a man of few words and probably didn't know what to say. But we were in a prayer room and he just came along and very lightly put his hand on my shoulder, enough that I felt it. And you know what? It brought me up out of the hole. Not all the way, but it brought me out of the deepest part. A touch. Encouragement. He knew I was going through. And so you and I are without excuse. There are all kinds of giftings that you and I can be doing. And we don't need the showmanship. We need to be doing what God has laid upon us and what God gives us. Some gifts are evangelism. And there are very particular people who can be evangelists. But everybody can tell their story. And so in that sense, that's still the gifting of evangelism. But there is a gift. Billy Graham was an evangelist. We have people in our assembly who are evangelists. The rest of us have a story to tell. And we're just as much an evangelist if we use that story well at the time when the Holy Spirit says, tell your story. Uh, not one of us here can say we were, all, we were all together. And most of us still aren't all together. God's got us still on the stool, and he's still working on us. We may be broken people, but salvation and the Holy Spirit is sort of like the putty between the broken pieces, pulling it together, making a beautiful piece of art out of you and out of me. And if you want to know what art, beautiful art looks like, look at me now. If you'd have known me when I was 40, I'd have probably cut your legs off with a look. But God changed that. But it was my choice. He was the one that took me to the bottom of the barrel and said, Okay, son, what are you going to do? You're going to live with this the rest of your life? Or are you going to allow me, by my Holy Spirit, to change you? You know what? The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He only allows what you can bear to go through, and then it stops. You heal, and he moves you on. Then you heal, and you think this must be the end. And then it's another step. God is faithful and merciful to his children. He knew we were going to be broken. He knew that he had to provide the remedy for healing, and he did. So, but there are things about the giftings of the Holy Spirit that uh, can be barriers. Some of them we've talked, your pa the pastor has talked about before. Pride. The sense of arrival. None of us arrive until we go through heaven's gate. Then we've arrived. But you've heard the proudful voice. You and I can have proud attitudes. Our speech can betray it. It's an offense to God and the Holy Spirit. He looks for a humble heart. 
a recognition that we can do nothing without him. We see where pride leads. Pride leads on to greed, losing your focus, thinking you can do it yourself, and then you fall. Then there's mediocrity is a barrier to what God wants to do in our individual lives and in the lives of Mosaic and in the church universal. Content to walk in and walk out. And some are going for the entertainment, depending on what's provided. We don't have a lot of entertainment here, nor do we need it. We need the Holy Spirit, and we need it falling full. But we don't need to be entertained. If you're happy to come and sit and then leave, you know what? That's all you're going to get. God doesn't force himself on anyone. It is what we choose. Yes, he will change if we allow And he can make a Sunday service the most joyous thing you've ever been to. When you came through this door this morning, what did you come expecting? I hope they're only an hour. I hope they don't sing too many songs. Well, I hope they don't get through that praise thing. Or was it coming believing that God would be here, that the Holy Spirit would come, And things would change. Your expectation determines what happens here. You come in expecting nothing, you get nothing. You come expecting that something good is going to happen, it's going to happen. Fear. A big barrier to the giftings. Fear that I'm going to do it wrong. Fear I'm going to say it wrong. Fear that it isn't God. Well, children, do you know the voice of your father? Do you really? If you know God's voice, how can you go wrong? You can mumble it. You can be hesitant with it. It don't matter. If God says, speak, speak. You rob yourself and you rob the body when you allow fear to prevent you from acting. It takes practice to be efficient. God's working on us. He's educating us. We're brothers and sisters. We're family. Fear. Yeah, I have fear. But you know what? It's worse when I don't do it. God has a way of just making life miserable when he says do and you don't. I'd rather do and be, uh, get it out wrong or do it wrong. At least I was obedient. And then God can take it and bless it or use it. But you and I have to get over that bridge of fear. That's what the Holy Spirit is all about. The New Testament church became bold when the Holy Spirit fell. The Holy Spirit is with boldness and power. That's what you and I need. 
Then there's unforgiveness. Oh, took me 50 years to deal with my offenders. And you can ask my wife what the first 25 years of marriage was like. Because unforgiveness warps us. And it creates a a root of bitterness. And we're angry. And we don't like people. People don't like us either. But we are robbing ourselves of what the abundance we talked about earlier. Unforgiveness will rob you of all that life has to offer. And you know what? The Lord told me this morning that there would be an individual or two here who, one, had to forgive someone, and two, have to forgive themselves. I don't know. He didn't give me a picture of a face. And he didn't give me a name, which he has done to some people. But you know who you are. What it requires, if you have to forgive someone, is go and get, forgive them. What about if they're not with us? You know what? A letter writing works. You write the letter, tell them you forgive them, and then you burn it. And forgiveness is like a little process. You start and you move, and then you get it together. Then it happens. Guess what? The scar doesn't go, depending on the offense. I still bear all the scars of my offenders, and it has warped my life. But the healing was there. The scars remind me of what he has done. But you and I must learn to forgive others and most of all, forgive ourselves. You can forgive someone, but have you really forgiven yourself for the way you saw yourself, for the way you look in the mirror and you hate yourself because of what happened back there and you may have forgiven back there, but you're still carrying the shame, the guilt, and all the other crap that goes along with it. Well, guess what? Give it up, and God will give you freedom. There is freedom in the Holy Spirit. My friend texted me this morning. He said, when the Holy Spirit's teetering, there's still freedom. When, he, when we give it, he takes it. Don't let it be a barrier to what God wants you to do and what he wants to do here. And then there's that holding back. Well, brother so-and-so will interpret that. Well, it takes a little faith. If you've got the, the tongues, maybe you're the one that's supposed to interpret it. Well, I've never did that before. Well, you know how it works? You might only get one word. Or you might get two words. Most of the time you get two or three words. That's all you know. You open your mouth, you start, and God will deliver. You rob yourself and the congregation by holding back. God wants it to flow down one side, up another, and down. All of us open to the Holy Spirit and allowing God to work, it will happen.
you and I have to You know what the greatest of all the gifts were? Love. And you know what? Unforgiveness. There's no love. And it has to go. But you know what? God didn't say we had to like everybody. He just said we had to love everybody. Right? I don't like Marie. You know what she's like, but I love her, right? And Marie, you know what I mean, right? There may be things about Marie I don't particularly like, or, uh, you know, you see some, the way they talk or something, tell you the same story a hundred times, like some people we know. But we still love, it's their soul we love, And if we don't, how do we expect God to love us? If we can't love, how can God, only in his mercy, for sure. So the point this morning I want to make is you and I need to do self-evaluation. Now, I've did self-evaluations in my career. Didn't like doing them. I still don't like doing them. Self-evaluation with the Holy Spirit guiding. You know, when you allow the Holy Spirit to help you with the self-evaluation, you may not like what rises to the top. God wants it gone. That's why he's raising it up. You know, this has been burning my spirit for three weeks I said, Lord, I got to get out before I burn up. It was that deep. Things changed for me when Father Mark was here, even more so than anything else that's happened recently. He said we're in the season of harvesting. We're in the season of, oh, my mind's gone again, purification, which was key, and the revelation. The Holy Spirit, the season of the Holy Spirit. God just burned that into my soul. And I don't think there's a day goes by he doesn't bring it back to me. And there's a reason why. There's a reason why. And self-evaluation begins to reveal. And that Holy Spirit begins to dwell. And as I was walking this past week, I do a lot of walking anymore. It's good for me. Unless God gets talking too severely, and sometimes he does. But this week he was very gentle. And he said, what about your attitude towards so-and-so? And what about your attitude towards so-and-so? And I said, well, I don't really have an attitude. And he said, really? What about? What about? And he didn't let me go until I had dealt with it. God in self-evaluation will help you and I to move the temperature to boiling. Because you and I as individuals are either contributors or hinderers. God wants all of us to be 
part and parcel of what he wants to do. And don't become impatient. God, in the fullness of his time, will boil us over if we're willing. A little longer than I expected, Pastor. That was wonderful. Thank you, Tony. Um, it uh, would be crazy to hear something as uh, accurate and as from God as that was uh, without realizing God is speaking to something. And it is us as individuals that are going to determine whether or not this church boils and whether or not our life boils with the presence of the Holy Spirit. So first of all, confession. Um, just bow our heads. Father, if there is anybody here this morning who has uh, something they need to confess to you, something that you have just kind of put your finger on this morning, uh, Lord, I pray that you would speak to them right now about that. And for those that God is speaking to your heart, just hold that there. Also, Father, for those who this morning are wishing that they were more bold, uh, believe that they have been hindered from stepping out, and stepping out to do things, say things, whatever it is in the spiritual gifting areas that we have been through, whatever reasons, as Tony has talked about, stopped and not done that. Uh, and just want this morning to say, no, I'm going to step out. I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to be bold. For those two things, if God is speaking to you this morning, I just want you to stand up. And we're going to serve this as a proclamation to God. We're going to serve this as a statement to God. We are going to serve this as a statement to the Holy Spirit. Father, for the area of confession, uh, Lord, we just uh, acknowledge that confession is a daily thing. It is a way that you want us to live. And it's not you telling us our, uh, that we're wrong, but it's us desiring to be right. Father God, in your eyes and to have more of your sanctification in our life. So for those who have stood today, uh, we just release this just in your mind. See yourselves putting it on the altar of God at the foot of the cross. It is forgiven. It is covered. And Father, if there are any consequences to what needs to be confessed, I pray you would guide us in our individual ways as to how we need to uh, fix that or go speak to somebody if that is the situation or to just leave this today. But we thank you that we are forgiven in Christ Jesus. And Father, there is no sin that we have done that is greater than the cross. Everything was on the cross. Every possible thing that humanity could be guilty of was on the cross and paid the price for, and it is finished. And I pronounce cleansing and wholeness and sanctification over those who have stood in a spirit of confession this morning. And we thank you for that. And Father, a spirit of boldness on those who are wishing to step out, to bring boiling into their life, whether it be speaking more to people on the street or in their workplace or speaking more in the church or stepping out in hospitality and grace and love and all those areas. Father, I pray right now that Holy Spirit, you would put a, a boldness on us, a determination, a fearlessness, Father God, and to just take those steps, whatever they might be, to be more bold in our life. And Father God, we do this today knowing that you are deeply invested in us. You believe in us, even when we don't believe in ourselves. So we thank you for your word this morning and what you were saying. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God is good. That was a great word, Tony.
I don't think I've ever heard you speak better than you did this morning. Like you had something this morning. You had a message. You really did. So thank you for that. Um, 